What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. I'm Nathan Hager alongside Karen Moscow. Want to get some in-depth insights on another major story we're watching this morning. It's a report in the Wall Street Journal that the Energy Department, according to a classified document, has shifted its view on the origins of COVID-19 and now sees a leak from the lab in Wuhan, China, as the most likely source of the outbreak. We're pleased to be joined once again this morning by Andy Pekosh, Professor of Molecular Biology and Immunology at the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health health to get more on this. Professor, good morning. What's your reaction to this report? Well, thanks for having me on, Nathan. Um, it, you know, it's one of those cases where um, we haven't seen the report, we haven't seen what data has caused the Department of Energy to shift from um, uh, to this low-confidence reading. And so it's a little bit difficult to try to figure out what's driving this change in, in stance. How much research has been done up to now, uh, at least on the U.S. side, into the origins of COVID-19? Well, there has been a significant amount of work that's been done, particularly around the wet market in in, uh, Wuhan, China, um, and looking at environmental and animal samples and human samples from that area. Uh, There's a fair amount of evidence that's very strongly points to that market as being the source of the outbreak. But again, there, there have been some political issues here between the U.S. government and the Chinese government that have really prevented um, a full and complete investigation of the source of this outbreak. And I think that's what's fueling a little bit of sort of haze and fog around this issue of where COVID-19 originated. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that, whether we could ever get a full picture of the origins if we don't get more information from the Chinese government. How forthcoming has the Chinese Communist Party been up to this point? We just got some reaction to this report from the Chinese Foreign Ministry that seems to suggest that at least on their side, the report from China and the World Health Organization should be the final word on this. Uh, I, I think that this is where politics and science are really mixing together. Um, uh, at this point in time, there's not a lot of samples that are left from those initial days, um, so it would be really challenging for us to come up with a lot more data about the um, but the potential lab leak hypothesis, unless there's data out there that, again, hasn't been released, this report is still confidential. So hopefully we will see what, what other information comes out, has come out about this um, in the near future. But right now, uh, this is a, everything points to a, to a natural occurrence of this virus as being the uh, a point that has initiated our, the pandemic. Um, but um, we still don't have all all the firm data about that from the Chinese government. Yeah, and we should say that this Energy Department, at least a report according to the Wall Street Journal, says that they've reached this conclusion with low confidence, and that's pretty much where the FBI sits on this as well. Most other uh, intelligence agencies either haven't decided or are leaning toward the uh, natural animal transmission theory. But how much weight... Uh, from your perspective, does an energy department assessment hold compared to some of those other agencies, given that the energy department oversees the national labs like Lawrence Livermore? 
Yeah, I, I think one has to put this into context and understanding that there are multiple other agencies that don't really agree with the Department of Energy's assessment at this point in time sort of tells you that whatever's information is being passed around um, is not really the strongest of evidence that points to a, a lab origin of the virus. So we have to put this report in context, particularly until we see the data that has made the Department of Energy change its opinion, whereas other government agencies have not. Where would you assess the level of COVID right now? What is happening with the pandemic at this point? We don't hear as much about it, obviously, as we did when you were a regular guest on our program and we were talking about it almost on a weekly basis. Yeah, I mean, we've had a major change with respect to um, hospitalizations and deaths from the pandemic. Um, Those have stayed relatively level and relatively low for a significant amount of time right now, and we haven't seen massive bursts of cases either. So I think we're approaching that stage where, you know, the efforts uh, uh, of the medical community and the scientific community to get treatments and vaccines out there have really caused us to be able to blunt the severe uh, impact of COVID-19, and we're now dealing with it as um, a a standard disease that um, we have to maintain our uh, focus on, and we have to maintain vaccination and treatment schedules for it, but it's not representing those surges of cases that we saw in the first two years of the pandemic. Does understanding the origins of COVID-19 help to combat the pandemic as it stands now? We've got about a minute left here. I think understanding the origins of COVID-19 really helps us prepare for the next pandemic more than it prepare, than it allows us to deal with the current pandemic. We have the tools to deal with COVID-19 right now. We should be using them more efficiently, but we can't forget the fact that this is one of at least five virus-mediated pandemics that we've seen um, over the past 25 years. We have to be better prepared and understand how these viruses make the jump into the human population so we can minimize that risk at the source. It'll be interesting to see whether we get that extra bit of information that helps to give us further clarity on those origins. As always, uh, Dr. Pekosh, great to have you back on with us on Daybreak. Andy Pekosh is a professor of molecular biology and immunology at the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health, which is supported by Michael Bloomberg, the founder and majority owner of of Bloomberg LP. That is the parent company of Bloomberg Radio. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak.
What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more.